Hey, what's up, y'all? Alan Kenny, host of Blade and Homerism podcast, part of Crimson and Cream Machine on the SB Nation network of podcasts. Please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever it is you get your podcasts. Uh, let everybody know how much you enjoy the show with one of those five-star reviews. That helps everybody find us. Uh, but this is our weekly Picks Trying Not to Stuck handicapping podcast where uh, I'm joined by my brother, The Skinny, and each of us gives our five favorite bets for the uh, weekend of college football action. Uh, we then tally them up at the end of the year, see who's ahead. Uh, coming down here to the to a close, I've actually de- run, developed a uh, commanding lead here. I'm hitting 59% on the year against the spread, uh, 37.5 out of 64 the skinny is has fallen below the Mendoza line, forty three percent. He's at uh, twenty eight out of sixty five. You are losing your shirt if you are betting with the skinny. Uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and that that's definitely. him now, folks. Skinny, how you doing, man? Good. You know, I'm I'm kind of loving. Um, I, I might, I'd, if, you know, if I the power lobby the powers that be, if I, if I had the influence to uh, push the season back every year, like I'm loving having this uh, football going, uh, you know, all the way to Christmas. Right. It is kind of strange. It's one of those things. I, I don't know why it's not uh, normal, you know, for them to just keep going uh, this long. I guess maybe you know the fact that the kids have finals or whatever, but. Yeah, no, it had that part of it has been kind of uh, kind of a fun part of this season, at least that we're still getting action now. Uh, of course, that we're not necessarily getting as many games. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, it's it can be few and far between. Although last weekend, it, it, you never know, ended up being pretty good, right? So yeah, that's true. I didn't I didn't foresee uh, a flying shoe. Um, no, being uh, <laughs> I didn't think anyone. Yeah playing into that no that was actually you know what though the way that that really went down kind of interesting because I, I i don't has anyone explained why kyle pitts didn't play i mean was florida just holding him out because they wanted to make sure he was healthy for this week I, I don't know it's a great question i have no idea <sighs> oh well uh anyway that was uh one of your picks last week skinny i believe you had uh oh, florida yeah. Yeah, covering yeah. the uh the uh 23 yeah, uh, that missed. You had uh, North Carolina plus three, I believe that hit right. Uh, yes, Illinois plus fourteen in the battle for Chicago. Nope. Uh, Arkansas got drilled, uh, and then you had Baylor plus five and a half. That that missed too. So it was one to five. Um, let's see here. I was also on Baylor, so that missed, and I was on Wisconsin again for some reason. Uh, that missed. But then I got Troy plus 13.5, Arizona State minus 11.5, and uh, Virginia Tech minus uh, 3. So that made me 3 of 5 for the week. So uh, I feel like I've, I've probably got a uh, an insurmountable lead here going into uh, the last week of the uh, season. But we'll go ahead and we will finish it off. Um, again, we pick five games against the spread every week. We do not share our selections beforehand, so uh, these are going to come as uh, surprises to both of us. Also, we'll uh, break down the OU game here at the end of the uh, at the end of the show. So, uh, Skinny, go ahead, give me um, your first selection for this week. All right, I- I'm going with only games that matter. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, only games that matter this week. So, first one, I'm looking at A and M uh, going to Tennessee this weekend. You know, <clears throat> obviously, we all know kind of <laughs> the story of Tennessee. Um, for a and it, it, it does scare me a little bit with them. I, I, not a team that's used to playing with a lot on the line. Um, 
However, I think given the fact they do have something on the line here, I think, you know, they, this is a weekend where all these games they're playing that, that meaningless games are, are really tough to, um, <clears throat> to handicap, so to speak. But, I, you know, I think there'll be some motivation there for a and I'll take a and minus 14. Yeah, you know, you think this is the kind of situation where uh, they, you know, really want to make a, make a statement, you know, being kind of there on the uh, precipice of the uh, top four potentially in the final uh, college football playoff rankings. Right. Um, you know, it's funny because I, I never know how to play that. Like, it could, you, you think, okay, well, they've got motivation to go out there and just beat the tar out of Tennessee. But at the same time, I mean, maybe they end up pressing. I don't know. Uh, Tennessee's I mean, not well, very good. <clears throat> look at Florida last week, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. yeah, for example. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So, Skinny is going with Texas A&M laying two touchdowns. All right. Okay. For my first one, uh, I am going out to the Sun Belt. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and go against Coastal Carolina. I know that uh, the Chanticleers are a very popular play this week, given that they're gunning for a, an undefeated record. But if you, look, if you look back at their first game with uh, the Raging Cajuns, very tight one. Um, you know, I, I kind of like, uh, I like ULL to, to uh, even travel out there to Myrtle Beach uh, and get, that, get revenge. Uh, so I'll go ahead and take the three points with the Raging Cajuns. Mm, Myrtle Beach, the hot spot for uh, college football. Huh? Indeed, I believe they technically call it like Conway or something like that. But you know, it's it's everybody. Everybody knows yeah. it's Myrtle Beach. Gotcha. All right, what's number two for you? All right, staying in the SEC, I'm looking at the SEC championship game. Um, you know, it seems uh, Bama is just steamrolling everyone. Uh, and obviously Florida's coming off a, a really disappointing loss with, you know, maybe you can question what kind of motivation they have this week. But, um, you know, I, I think a couple of things. I, I think Florida is really good, legitimately good. I mean, you look at that offense, you look at what Trask has done this year, um, and you just look at the athletes they have on the field. Um, I think, you know, to be able to beat Bama, you've got to be able to score with them. I think Florida can do that. Um I'm not going to pick Florida to to beat them, but I, I think Florida's going to want a little redemption. 17 points is a lot. Um, I'm going to go ahead and take Florida plus 17 this week. All right, you know it's funny watching uh, watching that game last week that we were, we were talking about. I, I remember reading you know comments like, "Oh well, I, you know you got to worry about Florida's ability to run the ball in Alabama." I was like, "Man." You got to worry about a lot more than that. Like, yeah, oh I mean, yeah. Alabama is just a, a is just a buzzsaw right now. Um, I though am on your side with this one, and this is going to be one of my picks. Also, I'm going to take the points with the Gators, um, not because I feel like they can win this game outright, as you mentioned, but 17 is a lot with the team, like with that kind of offense. Uh, you got to think that they'll keep playing even late in the game. So, you know, there'll be the potential there, especially if they get down, even if they're down three touchdowns, they might put, uh, you know, a score or two on the board there in the fourth quarter, try to keep the uh, margin within the number. That's the kind of thing I feel like Dan Mullen is always watching. You know what I mean? So yeah. <laughs> something, t- <laughs> something tells me he'll want to make the, uh, make the boosters happy uh, who are probably all going to take the points also. So yeah, I'll go ahead and join you there. Uh, Florida getting 17. All right. Mm, what is your third play this week? 
All right, now I'm going to go to the Big Ten Championship game. Um, are they playing this in Indy? They are, I believe. All right, okay, yeah. Um, so, obviously, Northwestern, Ohio State. Um, you know, Northwestern, they have a nice team this year. Uh, nowhere in the league of Ohio State. Ohio State, you know, with all the talk about the playoff and them playing whatever, it will be seven games or what have you. Uh, they need to make a statement. So I'm taking Ohio State big. Um, so at 20 and a half, I kind of like, I'll take that number. So Ohio State. All right. Yeah. You know, there's some, some COVID, some talk of COVID issues there. Potentially uh, one of their big receivers, either Garrett Wilson or Chris Olave, potentially uh, missing the game. Uh, I, you know, I, that is the one thing that, that kind of scares me off, but. And that in Northwestern's defense, so I, I ended up taking a pass there. But uh, I mean, you know, they, it, you know, that's a kind of like you mentioned statement game, and Ryan Day uh, potentially, you know, will be uh, certainly kind of keeping an eye on that. Um, so okay, so Skinny is going to give twenty and a half with the Buckeyes. All right, my third pick here. Um, I'm going to uh, go against the Bayou Bengals coming off last week's big win. Uh, they, the line is two and a half there versus Ole Miss. Uh, I feel like Ole Miss might just kind of be a better team, honestly. Uh, they were off last week too. Um, you know, they haven't had the same kind of, uh, personnel issues that LSU's had this year. Um, and you know, LSU, I mean, there, this is kind of a letdown spot after a win like that last week. So Go ahead, give me the Rebels. I'll lay the two and a half. I think they win by uh, by you know somewhere in the four to seven point range. Huh? Uh, yeah, actually, that's a good pick. I like that. Um, I do. All right, all right. So let's see your skinny. What's your number four? All right, going to CUSA championship game here, Tulsa. Um, amazing. I actually looked at that. Ooh, they that's play- the American, right? Sorry, American. Yeah. I'm sorry. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking it, all these conference changes, right? Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, but the American, um, you know, it's amazing that Tulsa will end up having gotten in like eight games or something this year, um, given everything. <laughs> they had yeah. six rescheduled or something, but – um, including this game two weeks ago, or, or was it last week actually? But um, you know, this is just kind of I'm going with the hometown team. They've been hot this year. No other reason than you know the kind of the hometown factor. I'll take Tulsa fourteen and a half. All right, plus fourteen and a half. Yeah, you know it. I guess you know they that the game last week that was uh, canceled was one I think that Tulsa had postponed from earlier in the year, right? Where I think that they had the COVID issues before, and then Cincinnati ended up with them uh, this time. But you know, Tulsa was clearly pretty salty about uh, Cincinnati bailing last week, which you know, kind of it just adds a little interesting angle to this game. I don't know if it'll matter in the in the long run, but you know, Tulsa's also a good defensive team, and beating them by two scores is going to be a, a feat. But I am going to pass there, but. I'm going to uh, take us out west to uh, Los Angeles where the Oregon Ducks are traveling down to uh, the Coliseum to take on the uh, USC Trojans. Just watching USC, they are just begging to get knocked off. Uh, Oregon's a talented enough team to do it. Uh, you know, They're a, t- a tougher team, in my opinion, particularly on defense. 
I think the Trojans are going to have a hard time getting getting stops. So I'm going to take Oregon outright in the uh, Pac-12 championship game. It's a weird spot, but I'll go ahead and take the field goal and uh, the Ducks outright. Wow. Man, do you know how much Pac- <clears throat> Sorry, Pac-12 football I've seen this year? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I think I've seen half of two games. But I, yeah, I have. I, I'll just, be honest; I haven't seen that much either. But you know what I have seen of USC? Uh, they've got a good quarterback, uh, some who has some weapons, but uh, they just they all year they've been begging to get. All right, Skinny, uh, what's your fifth pick? All right, um, you know, sticking with my conference championship theme here, I'm looking. at uh, I have to go with Clemson, Notre Dame, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is an interesting one. Um, <clears throat> you know, that line looks pretty big, right? At, at 10 and a half, Clemson minus 10 and a half. Um, you know, I think if you look at the last time these two teams played, you know, it, it felt like Notre Dame had some some good fortune earlier on, early on in that game and got kind of got that lead. And then you kept waiting for, I don't know, then I kind of felt like the, the last, you know, three quarters or so Clemson showed to be the better team, but could never quite get over that hump. Um, and something, too, just given where that line is, makes me think, uh, you know, people are expecting, uh, you, you know, where, where Vegas kind of sees this game, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and take uh, Clemson minus 10 and a half. It's, it's a big number, but um, I think Clemson might win this one fairly easily. Yeah, you know, Notre Dame's a popular team with, uh, you know, you're kind of just uh, – uh, garden variety betters and that's a big number to uh you know to be giving a team that has already won straight up that i, I think i'm with you there and that it, it suggests that the play here is clemson uh i'm passing just because i mean i don't know what to think about I, at notre dame they seem like a tough team to really kind of blow out given how strong they are on the lines but yep. um yeah i i if i'm gonna play that one that's how i'm i'm gonna lean so um, but I am going to make OU uh, my fifth pick. So let's go ahead and talk mm-hmm. a little bit about this Big 12 championship game. Uh, you know, Oklahoma going for revenge against uh, Iowa State here. It's, you know, midday kickoff, the early early window there, playing in uh, Jerry's World in Arlington, Texas. Don't call it Dallas. Uh, man, you know uh, – Matt Campbell seems to have such a, uh, you know, just a knack for getting his team ready and keeping games tight with OU. Uh, you know, we saw that the first time around. You know, I don't, I wouldn't blame anybody who's, uh, you know, definitely on edge about this game this weekend. Oh, yeah, <clears throat> no doubt. Um, you know, it, for exactly the reasons you've given. And, and obviously, you know, I, I think Iowa State is kind of the clear uh, number two here. Uh, well, maybe even number one. I don't, or the, the, they're clearly in the the one and two spot, right? They're clearly yeah. deserving of being in this this game. And um, yeah, for exactly the reasons you you mentioned too. I, uh, Brees Hall obviously gave OU problems. Uh, Kolar, mm-hmm. um, that kind of that big receiving game. He's a tough matchup for OU. Um, yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot of reasons to um, to think this could be it could be a tight one. Right, yeah, you know, I've been going, I've been going over in my head, you know, the the matchup obviously in the first game that really hurt OU was, you know, getting Kohler against uh, either you know OU's nickelback Buki Bradley Hiles or uh, Pat Fields at safety, where you know, I mean, those are just those are just small guys, and he can kind of body him up, 
and you wonder, like, you know, there's got to be something that Alex Grinch can do to, uh, you know, neutralize Kolar and, and keep them from just kind of throwing those jump balls where he either comes down with it or draws a flag. Uh, you know, I'm not quite sure what that would be, though. Yeah, I don't know, too. It's kind of interesting that with all those young DBs, whether it's, you know, a Woody Washington, all them, you know, they've really stuck with them at the corner spot, right? Mm-hmm. And and they've been pretty consistent on that safety and, and then with Buki. And, and, you know, I know that they've given a lot of, you know, that, that's been talked about a lot about how Buki knows what he's doing out there, right? But, um, yeah, in a game like this, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if they... Because I mean, who else do you try? A Trey Norwood? Well, that that doesn't give you any more size yeah, there, right? So not much. It'll be interesting to see what they do um, schematically here. Yeah, and you know, uh, gosh, man, I mean, going back watching that first matchup, I mean, Buki, good night. He had a terrible game. Like, yeah, you know, he I had mean, a bad one. Obviously, they they dinged him a lot for pass interference or holding, but he even had a roughing the passer penalty in that game. I mean, I was just like, I couldn't believe it, but you know, the yeah. thing about Buki is when he goes bad, he goes real bad. Yeah, right. Like yeah, I'm not time. on the Buki bashing train, but like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he just, it's like just one thing on top of another, you know, the one, a couple of different things though, about this game, you know, really stood out to me from the first time around, you know, the first one being that OU's pass rush is so much better right now uh, since they added, you know, Ronnie Perkins, you know, you talk about how does OU uh, keep, you know, Kohler from uh, using that size advantage. Well, part of the way you might do that is just, you know, keeping, uh, getting to uh, Brock Purdy and really harassing him and, and not giving them time to uh, set up any of those routes, you know. Um, so that's one thing I, I think I'm going to be watching. You know, the other thing, uh, OU's backs played pretty well the first time around, but you know, I mean, the running game's just a different kind of animal with uh, you know Ramondre Stevenson back there. Um, you know, obviously, Baylor did some things that uh, you know kind of messed up their blocking schemes and and held uh, Stevenson in check. But I, I just like you know where OU's running game is at this point. Um, you know, and the last thing, and this one kind of went under the radar, I feel like, the first time around. But, you know, watching it again, it really stood out to me. And this is going to sound really lame, but OU's footing and their, like, the field, they struggled so badly in that first game. If you go back and watch it, the number of times you had guys, like, skating past, uh, you know, uh, receivers, you know, trying to make a catch in the open field, or you know, even like the very first drive of the game, uh, the Cyclones hit like a you know 35, 40 yard pass on a play where you know, I mean, DeLarn Turner Yell just basically fell down. Uh, you know, you're not going to have to deal with those kinds of elements inside indoors uh, on, on what should be a fast track. So, uh, you know, all that said, I'm kind of looking towards uh, betting OU here, laying going ahead, laying the five and a half. Oh, yeah. And, and I know I just got done. We kind of got done talking at Iowa State a little bit, but I, I'm with you. I, I, you know, think if, if OU shows up uh, healthy, um, the, I, I think OU wins this one. I shouldn't say easy, but I, I could see double digits. Yeah. You wonder, too. I mean, you know, <laughs> you know, the whole motivation thing is always kind of silly, but I mean, 
I don't know if you saw the big all Big 12 team and the uh, awards and everything mm-hmm. that came out today, but I mean, you know, there wasn't one OU defender on the first team. Uh, you know, they kind of just threw threw a couple, you know, bones to them with putting Jeremiah Hall and Creed Humphrey on the first team. I kind of feel like uh, if there if if OU if Lincoln Riley feels like he needs to motivate his team, that's the kind of thing that uh, gives him you know bulletin board material. Yeah, right. Like Isaiah Thomas, I didn't maybe just said Isaiah Thomas not even off. Yeah. on any of the teams it's just yeah it's it's crazy but i mean i i, I don't know i i just personally think the way where this team is now you know i i think they're a top five team i, I really do um and, and i just think they're kind of head and shoulders above um the competition in the big 12 yeah but, so, so let's talk about that though so i mean i think that if if everything holds to form and the favorites all win this weekend you know, the playoff field is looking like Alabama will stay at number one. I think probably you'd have Clemson move up Clemson. to two. Then, you know, I kind of feel like what they do is, you know, assuming Ohio State wins, flip they flip them and move them to three and then put in uh, Notre Dame in the four hole. And that way yep. they avoid that third, you know, matchup between mm-hmm. Notre Dame and Clemson. Uh, but let's say you know, let's say it gets. I mean, first of all, uh, well, it's it's almost like why even bother arguing about this right now? Because it's been so such a weird season. So I mean, I I don't think anybody would really object to that field. But let's say something weird happens, like I don't know, like maybe Notre Dame beats Clemson, right? So then Clemson has two losses. Yeah. Uh, Notre Dame still, you know, still in there. So. So what happens then? You think? I mean, do you think that A and M gets bumped up into the field? Do you think that potentially, I don't know, Cincinnati gets moved in? What about the Big Twelve? I would kind of, I think I would kind of hope in that scenario they would go with Cincy. Just why not? Right this year, Mm -hmm. I I think they would go with A and M. I think OU would be one spot out. I, I really do. Yeah, um, you know, I think looking at though, man, I'll tell you what. Like the thing about A and M is, if you look at how they've normally selected teams in the past, like who A and M's not going to have much much to uh, move up with this week, right? I mean, they get a chance to beat a team with a losing record. Uh, you know, they have. I think they have one win over a team in the top twenty-five right now. Uh, you know, not a lot of teams that that have that have winning records on you know on their resume. I th- I would not be shocked if for well I I I actually think for sure if Iowa State beat Oklahoma and there was an opening there, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they bumped Iowa State up into uh, ahead of A and M. Personally, agreed. Yeah. Yeah, so that's one. That's one to watch. You know, you you do hope that they put do something. Well, I mean, I, well, I, I actually I don't really care. I mean, let's say that somehow OU did make it in the top. I mean, is that like, is that something that fans should even be worried? To me, it's just like, why even bother worrying about? Them? I mean, if if you match this OU team up against Alabama, it's going to be ugly. And well, I would say like, that about anybody. I, I hate saying this because it's so anti-competitive, but it's it's. I feel like this is a year, and last year probably actually was too. I, I don't know. You want to make it because you're running into a buzzsaw, and it's going to be you know the the narrative just continues of why is OU in the playoff? You know, um, they come every year and they get trounced right by 
you know, SEC power. Um, and eventually you kind of start to lose the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. I almost feel like this is a better year to slip down the Cotton Bowl, uh, play a Florida or an A&M, and, and kind of gear up for next year. I mean, it's 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 kind of against everything you, as a fan or a competitor, you, you think of, but it might just be better in yeah. some ways. Yeah, I mean, and that sounds silly, but, you know, but at the same time, it, I mean, here, it, this would be the ultimate case too of just kind of like, you know, I mean, I hate to say it, but this OU team, uh, they don't really have like a great case. Now, the thing is, is like if you say, if you look at all these teams and say, is OU one of the four best teams? I'd say they're close, maybe, to that, to being like the fourth yeah. best. But I mean, I don't feel like they have just a, a really strong argument anyway, you know. Uh, then again, I, I certainly wouldn't say that a and Texas A and M is one of the four best teams. So, you know, you kind of that kind of blows it up. But you know, I, I mean, it's the kind of thing. I mean, I said it weeks ago. Like I'm, I don't think OU is going to end up getting in, and and I really just honestly, I just wouldn't sweat it this year. You know. Uh, yeah, I agree. Sweat it next year. Next year's the year. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, man. Well, uh, let's uh, recap here real quick. My five picks this week. Uh, you, Louisiana Lafayette plus three. Florida plus 17. Uh, laying the two and a half with Ole Miss. Taking the three with Oregon. Laying the five and a half with the Sooners. Skinny is going uh, A&M minus 14. Florida plus 17. Ohio State minus 20 and a half. Uh, hometown Tulsa Golden Hurricanes plus 14 and a half and then laying it with Clemson 10 and a half. Uh, all right, man. Well, uh, best of luck this week. Hope you can get off the schneid. Yeah, thanks, man. I need it. Yeah, all right. Thanks so much to Skinny for joining us. And thanks to you all for joining us too. For the Blaine Homers and Podcast, I'm Alan Kenny. Take it easy. <laughs>